listening to The Gopher Bides with Shanti Fury and Ryan Eaton. The Gopher Bides with Shanti Fury and Ryan Eaton. The Gopher Bides with Ryan Eaton and Shanti Fury. The Gopher Bides. We did that part already. Let's start the show. All right. So, are we are we the Gulf abides anymore? What what are we doing? I like abiding time. I'm down with that. Um, we should probably text Michael Daw because he was gonna he was working uh, on our logo. Let yeah. me text him right now. Actually, yeah, this yeah. is great podcast. So. No, yeah, I'll fill in the space. So yeah. we've been doing uh, we've been doing our podcast at the shop a lot. You've probably heard that if you listen to Potsicola, but uh, maybe not because I think we're gonna get a different audience maybe when this thing pops up but um let's see we've got seven minutes in heck that we do at hula moon and ryan's working on some stuff uh story time podcast and uh we've yeah, been not co- working hard enough on that i don't know it's just so hard to start something new yeah when you don't know you know like i, I like the idea of just getting going on this one yeah because we just need to start creating content but yeah story time one's a little more you know it's like an episode you have to put parts together the way we want to do it right um tell me a story so i don't know we'll play with that one a little bit i tattooed a guy the other day who does uh real estate stuff he's like uh whatever he said he's writing a book on how to how to get out of debt basically he said he lives lives debt free and he like on a modest salary or whatever and um he was talking about buying some stuff and I was telling him about my podcast and he was saying that he's been thinking about doing a podcast and I was like, man, we could help you with that. So we do a little financial podcast. Yeah. I mean, if not something you or I would want to yeah, talk would, about or I, know anything. I probably wouldn't even listen to it, to yeah. be honest. But, but if he wants to do it, there's somebody out there that wants to hear it. I'm sure it could be like the next big thing for certain circles. Yeah. That's the thing. I was telling somebody, I got somebody on podcast the other day. This girl was, I was tattooing this girl and she was telling me that she listens to NPR. She was like, I wish there was more like talk radio stuff. I'm like, just listen to podcasts. She's like, what's that? No idea. Isn't that wild? So many people don't even know what podcasts are. So I told her and I, I made her subscribe to ours, of course, first mm-hmm. and then um, went through because we're on iTunes now. Yeah, if which you, is awesome. Yeah. If you're listening to this, stop what you're doing and subscribe and leave us a cool review on iTunes to get the name up a little bit. So anyway, uh, I was talking to her and she just had no idea that podcasts were even a thing. So I uh, put her on a few different ones and showed her what was what. S-Town was the first one I talked about. Did you yeah. listen to S-Town? I did. I just finished it a few days ago. Yeah. Um, Michael Dawes says he likes the other name better personally, but he's happy to change it for us. <laughs> yeah, well, it, his opinion doesn't matter. Nope. Um, and I'm just kind of indifferent I think either one is fine yeah I just want to start creating content whatever yeah but yeah listen to S-Town just finished it a couple days ago it was a quick listen what'd you think I liked it Um, it was sad right it was sad I don't think I got as emotionally connected as a lot of people did to that Mm -hmm. show I don't know why because stuff like that usually gets to me but I think it's because I have a working theory that it's because I've been listening to um, uh, The Sword and Scale Oh, yeah. Which has desensitized me in general as a human. Yeah. Because you hear some of the worst and craziest stuff. And I don't want to do any spoilers for S-Town, but their big kind of plot twists are emotional. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, I mean, but, yeah. but babies get eaten by their parents sometimes. Right. So I have a hard time. Yeah. You know, I can't pull up tears for those. Dude, let me tell you what happened to me. I Like, I doubt this would ever get any publicity or anything, but... Uh, the other day I was, I was just, I, I follow the, I always go and find the Reddit of whatever podcast I'm listening mm-hmm. to. So I went and looked at the, the sword and scale Reddit subreddit. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. I don't, I don't know. I don't do the Reddit. Oh, you're not a Redditor? I don't know how. <clears throat> Dude, you got to get on Reddit. Reddit's where it all starts. I know, but like, I'm not cool. I feel like I'm not cool enough and people are going to make fun of me. That's Reddit's, all I think about. Reddit's me. for people that aren't cool. People that try to be cool don't do well on Reddit. Okay. Yeah, if you try to go in there acting like whatever. You're the funniest guy or whatever. won't work. Yeah. Because no. I've posted my videos on there, those Snapchat videos that yeah. everybody told me was funny. They got, people hated them. Mm-hmm. They were just like left and right, like this is dumb. So I think maybe you got to know the person doing that to yeah. think that's funny. But anyway, I went and looked at the official Sword and Scale Reddit the other day. 
and realize that that dude is kind of shitty. The guy who does it. In what way? He's like, there's several cases of people like writing in to tell him like, hey man, I really like your podcast. And they just happen to be a cute female. And he instant creep. Just like, uh, oh, everybody, is everybody from your town beautiful? Because the girl wrote in to say, like, you did a podcast about somebody from my town that happened to be like a beautiful creep, like a crime, a beautiful criminal. And uh, he was like, wow, so is everyone from that town beautiful? Like, instantly hit on the girl, and there was like screenshots. But the official Sword and Sail subreddit, this is funny, uh, is just like, they just talk shit about the guy who does it. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all it is. Pretty much like a bash fest, and there's a there's more to it than that. He's not just a creep. He's all, there's also a lot of stuff about him, like keep he keeps begging for money on Patreon, but apparently he's making around twenty five grand a month now doing yeah, that. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, he shouldn't yeah. be begging for anything. At this point. He's like trying to become a millionaire. But he even had a hashtag for a while that was like hashtag Make Mike a Millionaire. Really? Yeah. You know, he's kind of my least favorite thing about the show. Yeah. Um, His new stuff, especially, is just like. 20 minutes of audio and then he'll pop in and be like imagine if that was your sister and yeah. then go in and it'll just go back to the audio for 20 it's more like minutes like uh, emotional um manipulation a lot a yeah. lot of you know he kind of directs the way you feel about what you're right. hearing but beyond that like i don't know just like he's a little boring to me he's getting lazy with him well yeah, he that. started out very well very but i good. liked it i like those See, I started listening to the new ones, then I went all the way back to the beginning. I've, I've listened to all of them. The so beginning's far. awesome. See, I didn't it's like just, the beginning as much. It's just too much of him, I thought. <laughs> right. Like, but uh, the new ones you like? The I ones do. Were, I, oh, okay. I, I tend to, to like the new I don't know. It's hard to... Now they're all kind I of I mean, all together, this but. shit is, is preference, you know what I mean? And yeah. like, knowing someone's character behind the show, if that's that's no reason to hate the show, you know what I mean? No. So and it's I, a good I'm, show. It's interesting, but it's just... It's really graphic and terrible and it's funny to me like there's little things that bother me about the show that make me glad that i'm done listening to the whole catalog yeah a lot of his commentary sometimes he makes like there's a joke there there's an episode about um this dude in chat rooms with this woman and a couple other people like talking about their plans to capture kidnap slowly torture and eat while alive children under the age of 10 kind of thing and just like Sexually fantasizing about, you know, eating kids. Is and, this and about the, the Dafu love? No, this is before oh, that. Way okay. before that one. It's just it's just a regular like a like a you know, a pastor at a church or something who would, oh, right. who had, who would would go in chat rooms in the nineties and be like, yeah, I want to eat little boys and stuff, and it was really terrible. Jeez. But then so the next episode he, and I'm doing air quotes right yeah. now, pulls a joke on his buddy. They used a computer synthesized voice. To just read the the text from these conversations for like an hour, right? So like, or it was just an hour of like the back and forth of all these conversations. Oh, yeah. And then he did the same audio and and was like doing his own text to his buddy on a phone call. Yeah. And so it was like, don't you want to eat your children? And it's just like it was like it was like five minutes for like a half a second. I was like, okay, kind of funny. He's prank calling his buddy about this who was involved with that episode. Yeah. But then it was like, you're gonna do five minutes about eating babies after that last episode about people really wanting to eat babies. It was yeah. just, it was, it was weird and it was in it poor taste. I thought, and so just like stuff like that, put me off about the guy and then a few other things. Yeah. Just like. Plus, I just my, my wife kept saying you've gotta stop listening to Sword and Scale because she'd say something about. You know, oh, I love you so much. She says things like she wants to eat my cheeks, which just means she wants to nibble yeah. on my cheeks. You know, like. But in my mind now, I'm like, yeah, that lady in episode 42 wanted to eat her husband's <laughs> cheeks, and she actually killed him and did yeah. it because he tried to leave her. And I'm like, you're gonna murder me someday because you love me too much. And she's like, stop listening to Sword and Scale, please. Yeah, we listened to it on our honeymoon the whole time we were driving. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it, it was awesome. But I don't know. I think I think the new episodes are kind of lazy. I've noticed that myself. Mm-hmm. And then to get the confirmation on the reddit that it's kind of like a thing people are noticing i you know i haven't gotten into i've subscribed but i haven't listened to him yet but my favorite murderer apparently some uh yes nathan's wife jennifer was just telling me yeah i need to listen to that one. that's a good one yeah. a couple of a couple of ladies talking about murders um but they've had some run-ins i don't think it's run-ins but like Apparently, Sword and Scale and them have had some headbutting mm-hmm. going on where he's he's tried to talk down about them. It's just like, I don't That's understand weird. why he, they're he, awesome. He, to his credit, he does collaborate. Not a lot, but I mean, there's several episodes where he's collaborating with other true crime podcasts. So I don't know. I mean, I don't yeah. know if it's a competition thing like that. I don't know why I don't he know. would do that. 
I also haven't listened to the last podcast on the left, but I hear that's awesome. Yeah, I've heard about that one. I don't, or heard of it. I don't know anything about it. Both like horror, like true crime, serial killer. Right. I think horror. I'm over true crime for a little bit. I just need to kind of yeah step away from knowing how deep the rabbit I, hole I would, goes with humanity. You know, I used to listen to Joe Rogan daily, and then I I don't know what happened. I just went through a couple of weeks where I just didn't want to hear it. Yeah. And then I I've been listening to it again the past, like recently. I guess maybe because I listened to S Town, and I got into. I listened to whole Missing Richard Simmons. So, like, you kind of transitioned from a talk to a serial. Like a narrative. Yeah, like a narrative thing. And I, I can, I think that's my problem. I get really hooked into one thing, like mm-hmm. Swords and Scale, and so I'm on the true crime bead. You yeah. Know I mean, that's what I'm listening to. And then when I'm, like, at the end, I was just like, okay, just a couple more episodes. Just got to get through it, be done with it, then I can put it behind me. I don't know why I feel like I have to marathon things like yeah. that, but I just couldn't take a break. I wanted to finish it. And be done with it, and, right. I, and then, but then, yeah, I was on S Town after that, and a couple other serial story things. So, did you listen to Serial? Yeah, I listened to Serial. Both seasons. Um, yes, I think I think they added some um, like updates that yeah. I haven't heard yet on a couple of the cases. I oh no, I take that back. I only listened to half of the second season. I kind of lost interest and started doing Same something else. Here, and I forgot to get back to it. Yeah. Until you just said it. I got in an argument with a dude online. Not an argument, but I was talking about it online with a dude yesterday, and I was he was saying that he didn't like S-Town. And I said, that's weird. And then, or Well, then he said, but I also didn't like the first season of Serial. I liked the second one way better. And I was like, you're, you're just literally the only person I've ever yeah, heard say you're that. You're just a different like, kind of dude. A, you me. don't like S-Town. And B, you liked season two of Serial better than season one. Yeah. But I think he was just, I, you know, like another one, like he's probably one of those people who listens to Dan Carlin stuff, the hardcore history. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like just I don't in get there. into, my wife tries to listen to like homesteading podcasts and history podcasts yeah. and stuff. That just, it's not a Dude, turn Carlin's on for me. Shit, are like, they're like five hours. Yeah. Each. I I, it's crazy. I mean, man. I probably could because, you know, I work long hours, yeah. whatever job, I got my headphones on it. But it's just like, I don't want to stay on the same subject. I want to, like, I really love yeah. um, that the truth. Oh yeah, uh, short stories. Short stories, you know, twenty minutes piece or so, and I like, you know, knife point horror, which is not the longest one I listen to. Typically, it's like one to two hours an episode kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, so. but there isn't that. That even that's like three or four stories in one. Knife point. Yeah. Um, they've done a couple of multi episodes, but yeah. typically it's just an hour, like forty five minutes to an hour and a half long story that he huh. wrote or that their team wrote or whatever, yeah. and he just is. There's no. There's typically not a lot of dramatization. They do some specials sometimes, but it's just him in a very like scary voice. Yeah. He's reading these stories, and it's uh, you know some of it's cheesy, but it's, it's fun. They're good. They're well written stories for sure. It's crazy how many people don't know about podcasts, considering there's a podcast app on almost everything. Like it comes with Apple TV. Yeah. It comes on the iPhone. Like that girl I was telling, she was like, I don't think I have the podcast app, and I was like, go to the search. Yeah, you have search it. bar, and she searched, and it was right there. It was. She didn't even know where the app was. She yeah. had to search to find it. But I was telling her, I was like, there's a podcast for everything. There's some super niche stuff going on where you can get down to like podcast about just knitting socks yeah. or just knitting hats. People, like not even just a knitting There's podcast. literally a podcast for everything. I tried to talk to my parents about podcasts today. And that's like a, a brick wall thing. Like they, they just say, I think you reach a certain age and you have no desire to, you know, to yeah, learn. learn anything new. And I was like, because <laughs> we were talking about, um, my parents are looking at some some land to buy for some ventures of theirs, and yeah. um, we were at an intersection. We were heading out to Alabama to see my family, and we were at an intersection, and we were looking across the street where the Ruby Tuesdays used to be on Twenty Nine. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. So there's nothing there now, but a big empty field, and on the left of it, there is a piece super of property. Fu- super fun site. Well, I don't think that was a super fun site, was it? It was that big soccer field complex. No, 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 no. This is just to the left of Ruby Tuesday on Twenty Nine. It's just an open field. Yeah, dude, super fun. Okay, well, sure. I can't confirm or deny that, but but my point was, there was some big thing in like the early two thousands where the city council has to vote to buy property, and they wanted to buy that property for one point four million dollars or something. Yeah, and uh, couldn't get the votes. It was split each time, yeah. and then there was some bribery, some cash changed hands, and swayed a vote, and they bought it. And now it's they, they're trying to sell it for like eleven million dollars now, ten yeah. years later or whatever. But um. The, the thing was, so there's this bribery, mm-hmm. this guy, whose name I can't remember just now, was gonna um, was going to trial, and the other guy involved with it was going to be the witness, and 
send it, you know cut a deal so he could send us something out of jail. Yeah. And the day he was supposed to testify, he they he, he didn't show up. Went to get a haircut. Nobody ever saw him. You know, nobody saw him turn up. And then uh, they go looking for him, and they find him in a crawl space in his house. And dead. Dead. Yeah. Whoa. Murdered. Well, not murdered. They, they, it's officially called the suicide. Who kills mm. themselves in the crawl space of their house, right? So instantly, I'm thinking, oh, that would be a really cool like if somebody wanted yeah. to dig into that history of Pensacola and talk about that, it'd be a really cool like little ser- mini serial drama thing. Yeah. And I was trying to tell my parents how, what a cool podcast they'd make, and they're like. It would probably just be a miniseries. There's no video on podcasts, right? And I was like, no, no video on podcasts. Yeah. It's not, not like that. But yeah, so I don't know. Have you ever listened to Up and Vanished? Mm-mm. Up and Vanished is a pretty good podcast. It started a couple of years ago. Maybe last year. No, I think it was a couple of years ago. But either way, uh, maybe August of last year is what I'm thinking. And okay. Then he, and then he made episodes through the year. But in the course of making this podcast, it's about a missing a woman that goes missing, and then he like they make an arrest in the middle of his podcast, kind of maybe because of what he was doing because the case was a ten year cold case, right? And then he starts digging around, asking questions about it, and all of a sudden they make an arrest, right? So it's like really interesting to listen to because it's gone from a, a cold case podcast where he's just making a lot of suppositions and and like assumptions about things and now it's uh it's like an actual like a true crime yeah 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 yeah, it's they they've been they do a QA with people call in and leave a voicemail on this phone line they have Mm -hmm. they do that and then they have uh they have a deal where uh they have a pi come on and like talk about what's going on or like lawyers will come on and tell you what's going on with the case why this is happening or mm-hmm. turn into a court a, a kind of legal reality series it's pretty cool it's cool when you go into it and start it because you have no idea any of that's going to happen and then one thing turns it. into another but yeah it's really interesting to listen to because this lady just went like never she went home and nobody ever saw her again kind of like crazy. what you were talking about with the haircut but nobody found her yeah they still haven't found her i don't think it's crazy how much of that happens yeah. In the world and our country. Other countries probably more so than us. I mean, you know, third world type countries and stuff, you just disappear. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody's got the police force to take care of it. Yeah, it's really crazy how if you like wanted to just murder somebody, you could pretty much just pick someone at random. That's what everybody says. If you if you want to everybody says well, how do you get away with murder? The only way to get away with murder is just to randomly do it, never do it again. Yeah. Do it somewhere where you don't live. Don't talk about don't it. Don't ever tell anybody. Yeah. But people, people who want to kill people also want to tell people they've killed people. Yeah. I killed a guy in San Antonio one time. Yeah. Stepping on my shoe wrong. Right. That kind of thing. Why? Well, who could blame him? I don't know. How dare they step on his shoe wrong? Yeah. At least step on it the right way. Yeah. If you're gonna do it, do it right. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Um. What's yeah, new? I have. Uh, I did that month off of technology stuff. How was that? It's pretty good. Um, actually, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, no Facebook, no TV, no movies. We we went to the we had a couple date nights where you know, going out as a social occasion was more was okay with yeah. the parameters of what I set up. So, going to the movies was fine. We did that once or twice and saw a couple movies. But other than that, I didn't watch any TV. Didn't um, do much on my phone. I have my work Instagram, so like the one I do for food stuff. Oh, Leisure Club, right? Yeah. What are you guys doing tomorrow? Are you working tomorrow? I only work Tuesdays and Wednesdays there. Oh, I thought you were a brunch guy. Nope, just Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I do all day shifts. I mean, they're just doing the standard brunch tomorrow, I'm sure, though. Chloe and I were talking about going and eating brunch there. Yeah. Tomorrow. You want to go? Um, I have. To, <laughs> I was going to get to the fact that I have another new job, oh, which is Gulf Coast Brewery. Oh, yeah. So I have three jobs now, and that one, tomorrow we're bottling at noon. Oh, gotcha. So that's an all day. Are you brewmastering now? No, I, I really would love to take that job on full time and quit my other jobs, but it's hard to quit family and it's hard to quit a job where they just gave you a, a job. You know, like I just yeah. started at Leisure Club and they're friends. I can't just quit. You know what I mean? So I just work the brewery in after hours when I'm not doing anything or like Sundays when I'm not doing anything. So they've uh, organized the bottling for tomorrow. So me and I think I got Putty the job, a job there, though, like a more permanent like kind of part-time full-time thing yeah so maybe he'll be the brewmaster someday soon why don't you don't want to do that you don't want to be a brewmaster i do but like like i said i just can't 
You can. I could quit working for my parents, but I'm trying not to cause rifts in my family. They need my help. So. Couldn't they hire somebody? You would think. Yeah. You would think. Look, and plus, uh, and the other thing is, I'd love to go to like commit to being a brewmaster there. The biggest thing for me is that Jen and I still want to get back on the road in the next few months, hopefully. Oh, right. So like, I don't want to take this job with this guy and then leave him in six months or something. You know yeah. what I mean? So there was a lot of little factors like that. But I, right now, I'm having a great time learning processes and yeah. just kind of like helping out where I can. And like, you called me last night, and me and Putty were, oh yeah, you know, twenty feet up on a feeding grain into the mill to mill the grains to make beer the next day. Nice. So it's just, it's fun, interesting. Where stuff is that? Learn. It's right behind Sammy's. Oh, gotcha. And McGuire's. Okay. Right back there. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah, you can go have a beer there after this if you want to. Yeah, maybe. Um, but anyway, speaking of beer, you should get your crowler out of the oh, place. Oh yeah. Stop it. Fairhope Brewery. For, actually, they're for, they're called Fairhope Brewing Company. Um, in Alabama this afternoon when I was there and had a couple of delicious beers. They've got great stuff over there. If you're in the area, you should go check out Fairhope Brewery. Um, very good. And Shanti's a cider guy, not necessarily a beer guy so much. Yeah. Well, my favorite cider is Dickens. I don't know if I've had, had Dickens. Dickens cider? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you got me. Yeah. You got me. Okay, here we go. Oh, Ooh. that's satisfying. Nice. So if you're, you've never seen a crowler before? No. For those of you who don't know, crowler is like a, it looks it's like a quart. A tall boy. Yeah, it's 32 mm -hmm. ounces. Um, but it's an empty can when it's at the brewery, and then they fill it with uh, beer right off the tap, and then they have a little machine that puts the lid on nice and tight. Yeah, it's good. And it's tasty. It's got a pretty good alcohol content, too. It's in the sixes, I believe. 6.4. Which is high for a cider. So, so I'm going to drink 32 ounces of 6.4 beer. Yeah. And by the end of the show, you'll... We'll see if we can tell. I made the mistake of forgetting my growler at home, so I have. You want something to drink? No beer. Yeah, do you got anything over there? I see a few um, bottles on the. Yeah, I have some new. Oh, there's beer. Yeah, if you want beer. Um, I don't know what's inside the fridge, but we have on the liquor cabinet, we have a few whiskeys, some rum, some vodka, some gin. I like Boodle's gin because I like the packaging. Yeah, Boodles is nice. Jane um, likes that because her nickname is Boodles, my sister. Nice. There's that deep Edie pit, uh, deep Eddie's peach. Oh, that's a that's a vodka. Yeah. Um, and then that Middleton right now. Not to be Middleton. Uh, picky, but no tequila up here. I don't like tequila, man. Okay. I've been getting into tequila lately. I've really? Been, I'm really enjoying. It. I think I'll just go with. Uh, well, I don't want to drink the good stuff. Drink that. Line. Drink that Middleton. Sure? I, don't, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I bought. Okay. I got that for my birthday when I stopped being straight edge. Okay. That July fourth. Years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Good man for being able to hold on to that one. I'll help you drink down a little bit more tonight. I'm not a huge liquor drinker. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, I really want to be more of a liquor drinker just because beer, which I'm in love with, and I can't ever quit the beer. There's glass in that. Oh, thanks. Nice um, there. Beer's so high in calories and carbs and all that stuff you're not supposed to drink. Yeah. And uh, liquor's a little easier on you when you're you know, perpetually dieting like I am. Yeah. And like, you know, sometimes you are too. No, I'm perpetually dieting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I might have a bad diet, but. Well, <laughs> there's something happening either way. Yeah. But yeah, so like I, I really want to get back to being a, like I was a scotch guy for a long time, just. Always had a bottle or two sitting at the house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked about whiskey here a couple of times on the show. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I, there's something, especially in the summertime, where you just get home and you want to sit on your porch after a long day and just drink yeah. a cold beer. Cold beer. Sure. But, um, yeah, whiskey will work for tonight for sure. Wasn't Union Public House going to open a distillery at one point? Or someone was going to open one next door? I didn't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that warehouse where we used to have the DKC barbecue yeah, yeah. was going to become a distillery. And they changed their mind? I don't know. I mean, it's not there, so I don't know if it's like one of those things where they have to get certain permits or whatever. Well, and they don't own that building either. They they don't own any any of it, but they are only leasing the main building. Right. Not the not the warehouse. As far, last I heard, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this the, was a different the guy who, company, so, I think. Like a friend of theirs was going to okay, like kind of a side there. project yeah. that was co collaborative or whatever. Right, and and you know Patrick is real into alcohol spirits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
You don't get best bartender without knowing no, you where to get the best goat milk for your white Russian or whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Goat milk, white Russian. I wonder what you remember we went in there one time when we were playing in Pensacola Lebowski and we got him to make us white Russians and he had some crazy milk that he had gotten from a farm. Where? When he was like five and a half? Five and a half, half yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. don't remember that. I can't believe I don't remember that. Yeah, it was... And he just like whipped it out. He had it in the... Oh, yeah, I got the special milk for in you. In the little refrigerator there. He's like, I got some of the... I got some milk I got from a farm in Alabama or whatever. That's awesome. He's like that kind of guy. Oh, it was probably the Sweet Home Farms. Maybe. That place is awesome. If you love cheese, I'm just going to keep promoting places in Alabama that you sure. should go to. Sweet Home Farms is in Alabama. We got that... I don't know if you remember from my wedding, we had that cheese table thing. Oh, yeah. With the like the wedding cake cheese thing. Yeah. Um, but there was like the best cheese on there was the one with that gray line in the middle, which is an ash cheese. Yeah. An ash ch- ashen cheddar or something. But that came from, we bought the whole wheel at Sweet Home Farms, mm-hmm. which was uh, really, really good. We ate off of that for weeks after our wedding because, you know, we had a half a wheel left. Yeah. I saw a video the other day of like a gang of Polish thieves or something. Mm-hmm. And they were. Uh, they were, they had busted into this factory, this like cheese storehouse, and were just running out with wheels of mozzarella that are like uh-huh. apparently worth up to like two thousand dollars a piece. Yeah, because they're like giant, yeah, like, 40, 50 pound blocks of cheese. Um, I'm gonna weird. butcher the, the way to pronounce this, which is a shame, but uh, Parmesan Reggiano or whatever it is, uh-huh. like the like the really nice Parmesan. Yeah. In those big, if you ever see a picture of a cheese factory or whatever mm-hmm. place that makes artisan cheeses, they've got those huge wheels. They those things run for like, you know, two three grand. Wow, a pop. That's a lot of because it's you know it's eighty pounds of cheese at X dollars a pound. You know what I mean? Or hundred. Sure. I don't know how much it actually weighs, but you know what I mean. It's a big, finely crafted rotten milk. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, do that. It is. I weird. know you're on the vegan. Are you still vegan? Right yeah. Now? yeah, yeah. But do you, does that make you? Uh, it's funny to me. It's, I think it's, it's still funny to me, and I eat it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I think it's funny to me, but it also, like, stuff like that is fascinating, but also um, it makes me proud yeah. to be a human being. Like, we, right. I, I'm not proud that we, you know, factory farming and manufacturing have sure. kind of, you know, raped and pillaged our land a lot and, the, you know, the abuse of animals and stuff. I'm not proud of that. But sure. as a species, we figured out how to take something, as weird as it is, and yeah. usually, you know, probably back then we needed it more than we need it now. Sure, for you would have survival. to preserve things for the seasons, right. the cold winters or whatever. Well, right, and, you know, being able to store some milk because a cow makes a lot of milk. Yeah. You know, I understand why we did it. But then being able to figure out how to um, curdle it into farm cheese right. probably early on and then later on figure out how to harden it and make harder, more amazing cheeses and then yeah. figuring out how to introduce bacteria to make things like blue cheese. It's just like this cool progression of, Right. science and food that I really appreciate and then um, I don't know uh, so I th- there's a, a certain amount of wonder every time I bite into something good like that or drink yeah. something that somebody made or every time you know it's in the same vein like we we took bowls of porridge uh-huh. probably originally and let them sit out too long and they started getting all bubbly and weird because yeah. yeast got introduced into it and then started uh, growing yeah. and then well let's put it over this weird fire and then you've got flatbread and then we figure out you know how to make these we, now we can buy wonder bread which is a, a, in the same way that factory milk is a bastardization wonder bread yeah. is a ba- bastardization but like we can't we've come a long way we've learned a lot of really interesting things and yeah, i think it's crazy I can appreciate the, the stance on being a vegan, especially in the climate right now, mm-hmm. of how our food is prepared and handled and sure. grown and all that stuff. But um, I personally want to get back to some more like like old school, artisanal, crafty ways of doing things on my own. Like I want to have my own yeast starter for right. you know for a uh, sourdough bread. I want to my do my own cheeses. Yeah, the sourdough bread thing. Yeah, or somebody at church would have one, and they mm-hmm. get passed around, and then well, because you have to split it every every couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, as yeah. it grows, you have to cut it in half and get rid of half of it. So you just give it to somebody else, and they start theirs. And they yeah, some, it's that's it's community. The food community Dude, is what I like. Okay, I don't know if you know this. We talked about this on Seven Minutes in Heck today, but. Uh, and I I listened to it on Joe Rogan's podcast. He was talking to this dude, Greg Fitzsimmons, about it. But apparently, there's like. Uh, somewhere around 10 pounds of your body weight is bacteria. Yeah. So that's just a thing. That yeah. If you didn't know that, now you can rest assured 
knowing that uh, a, a good solid 10 pounds of your body is just tiny bugs or whatever a bacteria is, tiny little yeah. creatures. Again, and I think that's amazing too. Like the way that we yeah. are constantly, it's like you see those little like sucker fish that swim alongside the sharks yeah. or the whales or whatever and help mm-hmm. them stay clean. I mean, everybody thinks, ooh, bacteria, wash your hands. Yeah. But like, I don't know, they're, there's so many good bacteria that do so many good things for us and our gut health and all that stuff that yeah. keep us functioning properly. I was reading the back of a kombucha I drank today and it, I, I ingested about 7 billion uh, bacteria that yeah. helped me digest today. So <laughs> it's, You know, I, we've been doing kombucha at home too. We haven't done it in a while, but... Um, SCOBY. SCOBY, right? So like that, I didn't know. I My wife was like, oh, we got a SCOBY from somebody and we're going to make kombucha. I'm like, okay, cool. That I didn't just yeah. sure just tell me what you need me to do and I'll help you do it yeah. and then eventually I learned that SCOBY stands for symbiotic culture of yeast and bacteria oh wow or bacteria and yeast SCOBY S-C-O-B-Y yeah so I don't know I guess maybe I don't love cheese or love bread but I do love yeast and bacteria and what they can do and I, the science of that amazes right. me right yeah that's crazy man uh, what, who was and, the first person that ate some funky milk and turned it into cheese you I know, know right again you said like Preservation cheese holds up a lot better than milk does sure. if you're on a long haul, especially hard cheeses like those Parmesans. I mean, you can take those on the road with no refrigeration. You know, on your horse in your pack or whatever. Well, what's the name of that restaurant that's in uh, somewhere, some Norwegian country, maybe Norway? But it's like the best restaurant in the world. Oh, with that, and it's like a, it seats like twelve people or something. Yeah. And it's in the middle of nowhere. It's like Nori or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he forages for half yeah. the menu. Have you ever seen his? There's a thing on. The, it's on one of those shows. I don't know if it's Mind, it's, Mind of a Chef or it's Chef Table. Maybe. Yeah, he, he may have an episode on both, but he definitely yeah. has an episode on Chef's Table because that's the one that's really like artfully shot. There's lots right. of music and. I think it stuff. actually. I think it was Mind of a Chef because I think he took that. Who's the David Chang? David Chang. I think he took him down in his like his workshop. Yeah. On that, he has a houseboat. Uh huh. Where? He, oh, this is a different guy. We're talking about two different restaurants. But oh. Yes, you're right. I know which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So he. The, the the test kitchen is a, is a fucking houseboat. It's yeah. so cool. And they just have, they have. Oh, wait, okay. There were two of them, but the southern guy had the one I was actually thinking about. The guy who did Mind of a Chef season two. The, right. the southern oh dude. yeah yeah, yeah. the he guy had from that, North Carolina he had that basement where he was just letting things ferment to see what happened to him and he was just like the root cellar he was like this is some raspberry we left on a on a petri dish to see what would what it would turn into after right. eight months or whatever and there's several people who do that do that stuff on those shows and, you know like yeah. one guy will be like yeah this is where we just make weird vinegars like <laughs> this is just what we do we just yeah. we've got I'm letting this thing rot. It might be, might even be from the same episode. I'm not yeah. sure, but yeah, they, they like let things rot, let things do their own thing, and yeah. and figure out how to you know make them more interesting through natural processes. And like you said, like we said, bacteria and yeast, man. Yeah, doing weird and fun things to our food. I was telling somebody was talking shit about McDonald's the other day, and I told him that McDonald's is uh, responsible for helping in world hunger because of the way they preserve things. They can get food farther places than mm-hmm. we've been able to get food before without it spoiling or whatever or right. being torn up so McDonald's having cheap food everywhere is kind of like unanswered a world hunger I mean I know it's still a corporation and they like their food's kind of shitty or whatever but in a lot of places it helps a lot yeah even though it's like kind of garbage food it's, it's funny because uh, you can also thank whatever you think about the military you can thank the military for um, world hunger issue for ending world hunger issues especially in our country yeah because after before pre-world war ii we were very agrarian and then they figured out how to preserve stuff to send it overseas to our troops oh, yeah. and that's why we have canned food all the time that's why we have preservatives and bread that's why you know they developed a lot of the food science that kept that keeps things that, yeah. you know freeze-dried this and ready to eat that and so a lot of the food we eat is leftover military technology from world wow. war ii yeah um so right dehydrated things yeah exactly and stuff yeah yeah remember when the hurricane hit and everybody was eating mres for a few months yeah it was fun yeah i, I didn't like it any, i didn't like any of them i didn't i can't remember one i like some of them that's good um you don't watch the walking dead do you no i won't I, say any spoilers but there's a there's a, a scene in one in this season where somebody finds a pallet of mres oh, in the middle nice. of nowhere and they're like oh hell yeah yeah just, you know and i can yeah 
can imagine that how wonderful that would be if you've been yeah scavenging. I mean, for some of them have uh, M and M's and Skittles in them and stuff. Those were always the best part of the little Tabasco just bottles. Go, super go sweet. through and eat all the M and M's out of all the MREs. Yeah. Yeah. Save all the the powdered mac and cheese for somebody else. Yeah. But hey, I mean, if you're if you're out there on the front lines, or if you're in a situation like not having grocery stores for a while, yeah, that's a lifesaver. Dude, have you ever heard of the? I thought about that before about just like if I could if I could stay on a diet like that kind of regulated diet like that where you're rationed here's your food for the day yeah you know? I've done that before those uh, have you heard those systems like the Soylent thing I've seen Soylent popping up on um, the Facebook ad stuff yeah. but it always like to me it's just so funny because you know Soylent Green is people I, yeah. that's all I hear in my Charlton head is Charlton Heston yelling yeah. about how they're grinding up dead people to make the food for everybody. Soylent is like this company this guy's doing where he's making it's just like flavorless sustenance paste or something. It's like it's like how many calories you need a day. Yeah. But just tasteless Why? flavorless textured. Why would you make that choice? I don't understand. Like maybe it's cuz I'm a, a cook or whatever or I love food. I love yeah. making food. But it's like I want to inject as much flavor as possible into everything I eat. Why would you want to take it off? Well, the reason they did it, the reason it's flavorless is because they thought if it was flavored, you'd get tired of the flavor. But if it's flavorless, you're just, it's just your food just paste. Your food paste. Whatever. It sounds terrible. And then, and then it's all, it's all done in such a way. So where, uh, bunny, go lay down, go lay down. Bunny Lebowski, ladies and gentlemen. It's done in such a way so that, uh, People can eat it every day without getting tired of it. Yeah. And it's just the calories you need. Yeah. So maybe it was like a diet thing. I would try it, to be honest. I, I mean, I'd try just to say I tried it, but I wouldn't try doing the program. I could maybe do a week. Yeah. And then I'd lose my mind. Should we, should we, maybe we should make that a thing sometime oh, before we yeah. do it for the podcast. Yeah. Talk about it. I mean, you know me. I'll do any fad diet once. Yeah. I've done them all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that's it. I, I was curious about that because I always think about when we feed our pets, I'm always like, I wonder if they get sick of just eating beef pellets or whatever beef flavored mostly rice corn, pellets rice pellets yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah we get the grain free so it probably mm. is rice or something yep but uh yeah I, I don't i don't know how i would feel about that if somebody every day was like here's your allotment of food stuff mm-hmm. uh, see that yeah and i don't think it's going to come to that as it's not going to be like a mandatory food paste situation but it's just food paste sounds so dystopian to me it's like why would you make that choice I don't yeah. it doesn't compute with me but I'm sure there's people that want that in fact I heard an interesting uh, do you listen to This American Life at all? yeah sometimes there was a good one this week about uh, testosterone that was a throwback episode from like their second season or something like that old one yeah but uh, it was, they said it was their favorite episode so they were replaying it on a week off or something and it had uh, a guy who had some condition where his testosterone level went to, to nearly zero. Oh. And he didn't know it for like two weeks. He didn't understand what was going on with him. He was just changing yeah. as a person. It was interesting in a lot of ways, mostly because like mm-hmm. it's interesting to, to know how much testosterone actually has to do with your personality and, oh, yeah. and how you behave. Yeah. Um, not just in like social situations or like you know situations where you might get angry or mad. No, but in but your brain. Like, in your brain. Yeah. Like, he lost all – testosterone equals desire. So he lost all desire. He wanted the yeah. most bland, tasteless food he could find. You know so he I mean? went to Britain. <laughs> I don't know. He yeah. stayed in New York, I think, but he was just like eating. He said he would get away with eating just a loaf of Wonder Bread. Yeah. Because that, because that, he didn't want taste or flavor or happiness or joy or any. You know what I mean? Right. It was just like I just want nothing. He yeah, was. A, he turned him into a nihilist, I guess. Yeah, that's but crazy, man. It was wild. You should listen to that episode. It's very interesting to hear people talk about testosterone. The other half of the episode was a, um, um, a transgendered person who had yeah. transitioned from being a. Uh, female to a man mm-hmm. and she talked a lot about um, or he sorry he transi- he transitioned he talked a lot about um, you know walking down the street and seeing an attractive female and when he was a she she was a lesbian so she was already attracted to women and, and had noticed women before but it was interesting to hear her talk about how after the loads of testosterone they dumped into him to turn him into a him um, you know part of the process or whatever that uh, he would look at women differently. Oh yeah. He would be staring at different parts of women, you know what I mean? Like more mm-hmm. ogling than, than whatever. Yeah. And, you know, 
as a man, if we're being honest, I mean, it's hard to, you, you yeah. know, this is an automatic, like, oh, let's see, and I think, you know, you call it evolutionary or whatever, where it's just like, let's check out the bits that tell me that this person is going to be able to bear children really well. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? The breasts and the, and the, and the buttocks. The hips, yeah. yeah, and the hips and thighs and all that stuff. So, like, but he, he, he was very surprised at, and he would, like, scold himself. He hated himself for it. He was like, right. you're a feminist. How could you do this? How could you do this? Yeah. He said people, he, he didn't tell people at his new job years later that he was you know, transitioned or whatever. Yeah. And he called himself feminist. He said, you're not a feminist, you're a misogynist. The way you behave, it makes right. you, and he, he's like, this is me. He says, he calls himself no, that's crazy. a former bull dyke. And I was a, fem- a hardcore feminist and I was edgy. And now I'm just this nerdist, nerdy dude. Yeah. Who, is considered misogynistic sometimes by people. You know, it's just no. Weird. That's crazy. I mean, like that's that's just the way that life works. I yeah. mean, there's nothing wrong with appreciating things without you can appreciate something without demeaning it. Right. I think. And he, I don't you, think he was hollering at girls yeah, or anything yeah. like that. But he was just like, you know, don't turn around and look at her breasts. Don't turn. And then he couldn't help himself. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like interesting to think how a chemical your brain makes can, you know, have that much of an effect on. Yeah how you behave and who you are not to blame anyone's actions on that at all yeah it's important i feel like i need testosterone i don't have a doctor but i i feel like a lot of times like that like i just get bored and like not bored but like uh i've never been a person that's like oh i'm bored you know right. what i mean i'll just do something right but i just am lethargic or complacent in my actions you know what i mean I'm and it may not like, even be testosterone but there's so many brain chemicals that go yeah, along yeah. with your personality and your attitude you know I listening to that episode made me think maybe I should just go get somebody to, to test the levels. Yeah, you know, check, check my levels, levels out. See what see what's running low. See what needs a little upper, and you know maybe yeah. get some chemical balance stuff. Because I don't know. I try not to be bored. I try to keep busy. And maybe that's why I've gotten myself three jobs at this point. But um, more than me. Yeah. I don't. I don't like. Uh, I don't like being told what to do. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not. I've never been really into the like take a job right. kind of thing I go out and find stuff to get money yeah you know and, no, I, and I, in a sense that's what I've done too because Gulf Coast Brewery like that's just a cool way for me to make some money on the side yeah you know what I mean I'm a 1099 employee I'm not on the books yeah I get you know texts what's your job title uh, I don't have one I just I'm a guy I'm a, I'm a guy I'm the guy yeah person you know and then you know yesterday I went and helped this um I have a contact, this guy that I used to do odd jobs for, pays really well, working yeah. for really wealthy people in Pensacola, sure. and they were looking for somebody to fix the king-size bed they broke, and, mm. you know, applied the, the minimum amount of skill that I have applied, learned over my life of working in construction with my dad to yeah. put some new legs on this bed, you know, it was really quick, it took about an hour, and she paid me, like, 75 bucks for my hour, and it's like, so I pick up stuff like nice. that when I'm bored, too, but now I'm not bored anymore, I'm just always busy, and exhausted yeah. i think i went too far in the other direction yeah you overcompensated I did overcompensate. oversteered yeah i should have uh well i don't know she offered me more work so that's cool i'll make more money i guess yeah that's fine but yeah i i always uh ever since i learned i could make art and that people wanted it that's my go-to sure if i'm having a slow month at work or whatever i'll just crank out some sort of paintings and put them up for sale you know, it bums me out because, like, I uh, I have a little bit of skill at photography, mm-hmm. a decent amount of skill at photography, and then a pretty good knowledge of cooking at this point. Like, I, I've got a lot of food experience, and I'd really love to be able to just let everything else go and become some sort of a personal chef or caterer yeah. or whatever and or, and or commit to being a photographer. But there's something inside of me that's too – not afraid, but, like, I, I'm – I'm smart enough to know that it's hard to make it doing those things. Yeah. Even if you are talented, right. you have to really commit to it and work for it. I don't know how to market myself is what it comes down yeah. to. Marketing is a big part of anything. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you, as an artist, have a little bit of a... You have sort of your own brand. That's what Shanti Fury is. Yeah, it's yeah. a brand. I mean, that's it's been, it sounds douchey to say my name as a like third person. But you've created... But that's, I what, was that's talking, what it is. Shanti Fury is a, is a brand you know, of art. And yeah. I told Chloe that. I was like... One of the things I made Chloe an admin on the Sharpsy Fury tattoos mm-hmm. page, and uh, you know that was like part of like when I married her, I actually told her I was like, "You're you're like part of the brand now." You know what I mean? You yeah. Know, like that. I we I every now and then I'll joke around with her and be like, you know, the hair the hair uh, wing or the the 
the yeah the, the hair section, department the of hair the, department yeah. of Fury Inc. Yeah, it's just doing all right. Yeah, I uh, we were at the brewery after work the other night. Me and Putty and my wife came up there, and my wife and uh, my wife. <laughs> she uh, she he, she and I were talking about the fact that you had just texted me and we were gonna push back to later in the week for this recording or whatever, yeah. and uh, just talking a little bit about the podcast just for a second. And there was another couple in the uh, area where we were sitting, and she's like, "Oh, what are you doing with Shanti?" And I didn't say your uh-huh. last name. I didn't say anything. I just said Shauncey. I didn't have to say anything other than <laughs> Shauncey. And she knew exactly who I was talking about. That's and, funny. And then I showed them the, the podcast thing on the... Because we had just gotten Podsicola iTunes. on iTunes or yeah. whatever. And uh, told, made her subscribe and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. talking about it. It's, but, it's, yeah, it's interesting that you've created a brand for yourself. I'm like a that. reluctant local celebrity. Yeah. Yeah, it's always a little weird when somebody approaches me out and about and wants to talk about something and I'm just like kind of baffled that they know who I am right but whatever I mean it's just tattooing is what did that ever tell you about the time I went to the Hoover Dam I was on a I feel like I've heard the story but tell it for the listeners me, me and Mike Gill and Alex Frew went out to California to see Quakey and to pick up Luke from San Diego uh, for the listeners these are all friends of ours yeah, and yeah. Chauncey's yeah so we we made a road trip out there and uh we stopped at we went to the Grand Canyon in May and decided to camp. And for those of you that don't know, <laughs> the desert is very, very cold in May. Especially at night. Yeah, at nighttime. There was still snow on the ground. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Uh, so we get we get there and camp, and it was the coldest night of my life. I actually ended up sleeping in the bathroom under the hand warmer. I was just like, I was sitting under the hand warmer in the public bathroom at the Grand Canyon campgrounds, just like slapping my hand up and turning on the blower. Yeah. And just, just trying to get some warmth back into my body. And uh, coldest night of my life. So we did that. We walked around the Grand Canyon. Uh, somebody, I don't want to name names because I can't remember which one it was, but somebody wrote their name on the canyon wall. The Grand Canyon. Yeah, don't tell wall. me their name because I don't want to respect that person less. Man, it was not. The park rangers were upset. Oh, they, they found out. Yeah, they knew. They knew. They it was on camera, like this Ooh. spot or whatever. They had hidden cameraed it, so they knew. They knew one of us had written on the wall, but I think there was a. They couldn't distinguish between which person wearing the same hoodie it was. Right. And uh, we just booked it out of there because yeah. they were they were acting like they were gonna get worse. So we went over, we were on our way to Vegas, and of course, if you're going leaving the Grand Canyon, Hoover Dam is on the way to Vegas. Right. So we went through and saw that, and I'm walking across the Hoover Dam just looking at, you know, it's like a like a 40-story dam or whatever. Right. It's crazy. So we're just walking through that thing, and uh, some random kid is like, your name's Shauncey, right? You do tattoos? And I was like, yeah. You know, I was like, I mean, I'm from Florida, so this is, I'm in Nevada. Right. This kid knows who I am. And uh, turns out he was just—he was from where Quakey was from, and he knew he had seen me through Quakey's stuff, and he knew okay. who I was. But it was so fucking weird to be in Nevada, and some kids like, "Oh, I know you." Yeah. Like I—I can't imagine, I can't imagine like David Beckham famous, or like you know what I mean, like that right. kind of like where people. Everyone, everyone knows, knows who you are. Maybe not David Beckham. That's a bad example. That's a UK one, but Brad Pitt, Angelina, yeah, Brangelina. Yeah. That kind You're of famous. Jeez, man, yeah. it's gotta be like there's no there's I mean you're only safe in your home. It's gotta like, be torture when the to door closes level. and you're literally by yourself. Yeah, or with your actual blood family. That's why I never want to be more than a, you know, like I never want to escalate higher than like character actor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where some people are gonna be like, oh, I know that guy from somewhere, and then just keep walking and not bother you. Yeah. But if you're Brad Pitt famous, people are on you all the time. Everybody wants to be your friend. They feel yeah. like they know you. I get a little bit of that here in town. That's a psychological thing, which is interesting. Um, I remember learning about it when I was in school, but I forget what it's called. But basically, you've watched this person over years of your life. Right. You feel like they're a part of your life, especially if you connect with their movies or their characters or whatever. Yeah. So, like, a guy like Brad Pitt, like, I've seen him in Fight Club and in, uh, you know, Ocean's Eleven, 12, 12 13, monkeys. 12 Monkeys. Yeah. So, so it's like fun movies, great movies, whatever. And you're like... Jackass, some of his best work. His face <laughs> is so familiar to you. It's like a family member almost. Yeah. So you go up to him on the street and you're like expecting to be all warm and fuzzy and happy to meet you. Because to him, to you, he is part yeah. of your life. Yeah, yeah. To him, yeah. you are nothing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You know what I mean? Not in a like a you're less than him sense. Although, you know, he might think that. I don't know how Brad Pitt thinks. But yeah. like... 
he has no connection with you whatsoever right. and you've seen him you know every a other lot. day of your life for yeah. years you know what i mean like imagine if you if you or i ran into jeff bridges or john goodman we would freak out yeah because we're huge lebowski yeah, fans, yeah. obviously but dude who would I you would... hey who would you rather meet john goodman me too yeah the same thing probably because i would i would hope to meet john goodman when i was in a full walter yeah when i had the beard done oh, and, the, yeah. and the costume on and stuff but um, uh, I just feel like you know John Goodman is Dan from Roseanne. You know what I mean? He has that a guy lot of things just like, for sure. Yeah, dude, that guy. Jeff Bridges is an iconic actor for sure, and one of my favorites. But you know, when you talk about the expanse of a career, John right. Goodman's been in everything. There's a lot more Goodman characters that I'm really fond yeah. of than Bridges. And I like Jeff Bridges. And I loved his dude, obviously. But like, yeah. so I mean, the only other movie I really Name, let's name some Jeff Bridges movies that you're really fond of. Like, Arlington Road. Okay, that, was that's awesome. a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Um, especially the ending, obviously. But uh, so, Inner Space is a great older. I didn't realize he was in that. He's the main. Wait, either I'm misremembering. I think he's the pilot, like the captain of the little tiny ship or whatever. I thought that was Quaid. Randy? No, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid, you're right. Yeah. What was I thinking of? Oh, no, sorry, Tron. Tron. That's yeah. what I meant. Tron. Yeah. So, Tron's an he's iconic uh, you know, movie. Yeah, he went back for the Tron 2000 cool. or whatever. That was the best thing about that movie. Oh, I loved it. But like, other, you know, maybe a couple others, but it's just like, then you go to Goodman and it's like, the list goes on and on with stuff okay. he's been in, oh, brother, where are they? When I think of uh, Jeff Bridges' good movies, Crazy Heart is Never one. saw it, but that's oh, the one where he's wow. the country singer, right? Yeah, really yeah. good. It's like got a pure country vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that with uh, George Strait? No. Okay, I'm like low-key, like secret... Like, I love those country movies. Okay. Like, uh, well, Crazy Heart and and Pure Country. Eight Seconds is another one that I love. All right, the uh, yeah, rodeo movie. I love it, man. I love those writing. I think my grandfather kind of, I got a little bit of that from him because my grandfather was a, he wasn't a cowboy, but he wore boots and, and he was right. a taxidermist and just like older. Had and, a country know, vibe. He's like from the John Wayne generation. Sure. So. Yeah, so he's like in that whole thing. So I, I kind of like he got me reading the Sackett books, the Louis L'Amour. You never heard of Louis Not L'Amour? Not familiar, no. Uh-uh. Louis L'Amour is the premier Western author okay. in the world. Like if you go to jail, you're going to read some Louis L'Amour books. Yeah. It's like my. Because my, they're just stocked in every prison library. Yeah, my stepdad got me into those when he was in jail. Yeah. He was in a halfway house, and my mom was living in Jacksonville, and we went over there. And, uh, he would talk about those books, and I started reading them, and they're really good. Yeah. The Sackets. Have you ever heard of Lonesome Dove? Excuse me. Yes, I have. Lonesome Dove was a Louis L'Amour book. Okay. Yeah. And I would I imagine think his it most famous, Louis. probably, then, because that got made into yeah, a movie. and for sure. I can't remember the, the cast rate the second, but the, it has a big cast. The Sackets were his biggest. It was like a series. He, it was like this family, mm-hmm. and there were tons of different characters, and he would write about different ones. And right. Just basic Western novel shit, but I got real into that, so I kind of like those country movies. Yeah, I also like I like I like concert production a lot. Okay. I think it, I think it's cool. Like, it's always been it was always a dream of mine to kind of see how like a big concert works, and I'm lucky that I got to fulfill that like through tattooing, touring with bands. I got sure, to see yeah. kind of like the behind the. Oh, sorry. Did you hear that? Yeah, I could hear the tapping. Yeah, on the sorry. I got to I got to see some of that touring life when I was on tour. We went on tour with Rise Against and Bad Religion. You mean by production? You mean just like stage production and, the and whole lighting thing, and yeah. all that stuff? From just what like, it takes to put on a show. From the buses, yeah, to the semis that have to go along yeah. with a concert, and then you think about how many people it takes to not only drive all that stuff around. That's a whole crew, and then the people that have to put it together, right. the people that have to run the lights. Program the lights. People just move stuff Dude, around. Another a thing people don't think about with art, uh, or, or an artistry that people never think about is like when you go to a concert and you see some crazy lights. Some dude sat at a panel and learned how to like and programmed it. all that to do things at certain times yeah. and cues, and he's sitting back there if, pushing buttons. If I can stuff. interject, I, I definitely appreciate that. Right now, I went and saw radiohead in new orleans oh yeah on monday night they had that huge screen i saw they had the huge screen which from the pictures and stuff that's probably the most prevalent thing you would see but like yeah. there's also this whole setup of like it might have been 15 yeah. can lights that were all completely motorized right oh, cool but they kept coming down from the ceiling so they'd be in front of that big oval yeah and then they go back up and they change and they move yeah for each song there was a different like you say everything was programmed the lights would come to different yeah. levels 
That shit's all choreographed I know. by a dude. Like I know. And then, on top of that, the, the big screen was mainly for visualizations of some sort, like computer stuff. Yeah. But part of the computer visualizations was integrated with, um, there was little cylinders that were maybe uh, eight inches around, coffee 12 inches around, and, but then also like 15 tall. inches tall, a little taller than a coffee can. Sure. But they just sat two or three by each performer. And there was little cameras built inside of them that were oh, all yeah. completely motorized. So, like, on that screen back there, you'd see these overlaid visuals. But behind them, you'd see, like, oh, that's Tom York singing. And it's kind of all weird. But right. it's super HD, but, like, yeah. distorted a little bit and kind of crazy. So there's, you know, Tom's in the top right corner. And then Johnny is in the top left corner. You know, all the yeah. different members of the band are, are in different quadrants. I of saw this uh, Chad Lawson was sitting close to you guys. Yeah, he was just a few rows away. I saw his Snapchat and I saw that where they're, all the members of the band's faces while they were playing were up right. on different screens. So, like like you said, so production. Can you imagine the production? Oh, to not, not only lights and stage and all that stuff, but then also you got a team of people that must be working on, you know, changing the cameras, changing between oh, yeah. cameras and picking angles and moving the camera automating the cameras yeah. you know, making them work yeah so that same, was super same thing neat. same thing when i saw tool here uh there was a part where a drummer came out and played a solo mm -hmm. and they had it was the weirdest damn thing man it was like it was like they had a camera somewhere in front of the drummer uh -huh. and then but they were casting his image on the video screen behind him. So it looked like these crazy lights were shining on him, casting a shadow of himself. Oh. But it was a video of him that was all like trippy and like motion movement or right. whatever. So every time he would move, there'd be arm trails and stuff behind oh, him. So it was like but infinitely it's like, going on behind him or it's whatever. It's like just a little bit bigger than him behind him. Right. And then there's all this crazy psychedelic stuff happening on the rest of the screen. But then his image is on there. And as people came out, it would show them. So it was like a like some crazy Snapchat filter right. through this one camera that was doing all that. Yeah. I love that. This is wild. I've seen. I got to be. I was friends with the SJC drums guys. Excuse me. And we went to see Miley Cyrus. Uh huh. Which you would think is like oh just cheesy stuff, but the production that goes into it, like she got on a motorcycle and like rode around on and uh, above the crowd, and and they were telling me I got to know a little bit of stuff about this like. That tour, apparently, some of the venues that wanted to book it had to spend twenty twenty five thousand dollars to make their hoist system mm -hmm. uh, a certain level so that they could have that production there. Right. So they had to make crazy upgrades to the venues just to host a concert because of the production value. So think about that for a second. So if they're willing to spend twenty five thousand um, dollars to upgrade, what kind of like somebody yeah. somebody's sitting in an office punching numbers going. Well, the risk and return and value yeah. of this and that, and somebody was like, "Yeah, the spend, the, spend the twenty-five grand because we're gonna make a million dollars." Because it puts you on another through. level of venue, so where yeah. you can host these even concerts. in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I we figured it out one day. Like, even the cheapest tickets were there were going for like a hundred and something bucks. So between out of the like you know the levels of performance all the way down, she was she was making a million dollars a night easy yeah, yeah and that's like that's what we could figure was her cut that's with every expense we could think of deducting mm -hmm. so it was like i mean like big time performers make crazy money on stuff like that yeah um i'm friends with some people in bands and i don't know their financial stuff but i know that i've i've heard from merch people what kind of money they make on merch mm -hmm. and it's insane man well that's how bands don't make money on cds anymore that's for sure no, and they really. never did really anyway because, you know, the record label takes their 99% yeah. and the band gets a few pennies every album that's sold. Right. But bands thrive on tour. That's how they tour. make their money. Yeah, that's why sure. they go out on – that's why we Radiohead did. was in New Orleans because uh, that's how they make their money. They don't, Especially Radiohead because they like uh, – you know, within Rainbows, they were like, pay what you want for this album. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It was like people Louis pay nine did a thing like that, like a donation thing. It was like five bucks for his new special one time. Right, yeah, so yeah. – he said he made a killing doing it that way because he didn't have to pay all the right instead of getting forty thousand dollars to do a performance. Right, he paid twenty thousand to put on the performance and then sold it for five bucks a pop on PayPal. Right, and made millions. Right, with you know from nothing and no, that, and that's awesome. And Radiohead to put the earns, money back in the artist's hands is awesome. Yeah, and like, Radiohead earns a degree of cred with their with their fans, and you know then then. then when the tour comes around, it's like, yeah, I got that album for free. Of course, I'm going to pay ninety dollars to go see them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and then we could get into a conversation about freaking StubHub and 
Ticketmaster and what oh, a man. scam that stuff is. But. Dude, I'm convinced that the Bay Center immediately sells 80% of its tickets to StubHub and other third-party things. Because remember when Tool came? Everybody I know tried to buy tickets and nobody could get tickets. No, Maybe not Tool. One of the big shows. I think it was Tool. But everybody I know that tried to buy tickets said they were immediately sold out as soon as the yeah. thing went on sale. There's not that many people in Pensacola that want to go see Tool. Right. That would get up at 9 a.m. to try to get a ticket right, right then. It's so all like, automated bullshit. Yeah, so when I got Radiohead tickets, I, I was sitting out. I asked my, I asked to leave work for a half an hour on my birthday because yeah. they went on sale on my birthday. And I was like, I want to leave work for 20 minutes to go to my house, sit at my computer, and hit don't, refresh. Don't work on your birthday. I don't have don't Who cares like I literally don't care about I never birthday. work I've never worked on my birthday <laughs> but anyway so I'm sitting at the computer and I'm like you know sitting there hitting refresh and I get in the queue to get tickets you know what I mean they're like please wait don't refresh your computer and then all of a sudden 15 minutes later I get booted I literally sit watching the little things spin around on my computer for 15 minutes oh. and I get booted and their tickets are gone and it's like man this These is ridiculous suck. and then I get on StubHub and there's 3,000 tickets available or whatever yeah. you know what uh, I, mean? I was told that they sell they sell by section and then hope they can get those tickets and then sometimes StubHub. yeah because they, they so, don't guarantee your ticket right. until 24 hours before the yeah, show yeah. they'll put so stuff up here's it's where like I got, overbooking a flight my, my parents were generous enough to buy my tickets as my birthday present so yeah. they gave me the 200 bucks i spent 220 dollars on tickets in the nosebleeds for radiohead yeah cool wow. whatever i don't care so, but then we're, we're a couple days out from going to New Orleans. I still haven't gotten my tickets in the email. I'm like, well, let me see if there's anything left. If so, I can go because I've already booked an Airbnb. Yeah. I've got this trip planned with, you know, friends and my wife. And, and so, anyway, so I'm on the computer. I'm like, I'll just check and see if StubHub has anything in case my tickets don't come in. Tickets on StubHub, because they hadn't sold at the hundreds of dollars that they were selling the day that they went on sale, yeah. were down to 50 dollars a piece oh. i wanted to murder somebody it was such it was such it was such a bummer man to know that i worked so hard to try to get floor tickets and you know and then all i could get was the nosebleeds and that's fine i'll go see the show because i'm excited about it yeah but then to go on there and see 1500 tickets available four days before the show dang and starting at 15 dollars next night you know a couple nights later $26 was the lowest price. But at face value, they were they were 60 to start. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah. So people are selling under face value because they were greedy, bought tickets, or StubHub was greedy or whoever, yeah. bought a bunch of tickets, and then couldn't get rid of them all. It's like the De Beers thing, how they bought up all the diamond fields and now charge outrageous prices for diamonds, even though diamonds are not, yeah. are not rare. It's just such a scam. So what me and the wife decided uh, was that we want to still go to shows, but we're we can't sit and refresh and try to get the first tickets anymore. We just we're gonna start watching StubHub for upcoming shows that are a week out, yeah. and make plans on much shorter notice. And so, because like, if I had been able, if I had known that I was gonna be able to just like a friend of mine was like six hours before the show was like, I kind of want to leave Pensacola and go see Radiohead right now. Nathan? And I was like, no, Nathan and Jennifer bought tickets on the day of, like I did. Oh, okay, but this girl was just somebody I used to work with, and right. I saw her on Facebook, and I was like. You should. I just looked on StubHub. Tickets are like 20 bucks. Yeah. Go right now. Get a ticket wow. and book your butt here. She came with her like five-year-old daughter and saw Radiohead for like 40 nice. bucks. And I'm just like, I hate you so much. Because I'm the guy who's drooling over tickets at, the, at yeah. the outset. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm, because I'm a six-foot-six guy, I like to pick my seat. So mm -hmm. I try to get the least the, – the, the seat that's most convenient for me mm -hmm. and – most inconvenient or, or least inconvenient for everyone around me sure like i don't like to be especially in the, on planes and stuff i'm yeah, a big yeah. guy too i do the same thing i don't like to be in the middle of a crowd mm -hmm. like i would never pick like g4 uh, as a seat it's g1 i want a1 yeah 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 or a14 whatever the end of the row right. i want to sit on the aisle but uh every now and then i go to a concert and i just have to deal with it or whatever so i mean it, it's a big pain in the ass to try to like you know, like whenever I go to Ticketmaster, I want to be able to look at where my seat is and pick my seat. And you can't do that anymore. Sometimes you can't do it. Because sometimes you can, sometimes so not. Fast. But if it's like a high demand concert, you're yeah. shit out of luck with that. Yep. You gotta, it's you, crazy. You gotta, if you really want to go, you're just going to have to get lucky. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's the biggest Tool, bummer like, to me about concerts with, right now. With Tool, I, I wanted to go see them and I had never seen them. So 
I, I just put it off for so long. I tried to get tickets when they came out and they sold out so fast, even though they weren't sold out. There were like plenty of seats right. still on the night of. So uh, Radiohead did fill up, by the way. The, yeah. I was watching the numbers go down. It was down to like 300 tickets available by the time the show started. Right. But anyway, go ahead. Um, so I, I went to Tool. The only reason I went to Tool was because I couldn't get tickets, couldn't get tickets. And uh, finally, I was talking to one of my clients about you know why I, how I couldn't get tickets I tried to when they came out and he told me uh, he, he sent me a message the day of tool and was like hey uh, my wife works for a company that does exercise equipment and uh, one of the guys from one of the bands wanted an exercise bike for the day so uh, they gave her tickets and she's already seen them so we were going to give them to you guys like an early wedding present if you want them I was like, sure, man. Yeah, I'll take we it. Went, That's awesome. We went, and I was a little nervous because they were like E-something. Right. So we went. Sorry. No, go I'm going to take a little break here and plug no, in the power. We'll just, we'll just and I'll die. Oh. oh, look at, listen to that. Never mind. Sorry to our listeners. So we got like um, maybe another 20 minutes to wrap up, 15, 5, 10 minutes to wrap up because the battery's dying. And every time I plug the computer in, for some reason, it's hissing at me. Sorry to interrupt your thought, but I just wanted to let you know. Just edit all that out. Yeah. To here. Ah! <laughs> Marker. So then I I got the tickets from him, and uh, Bunny, go lay down. I got the tickets from him, and I, I was a little nervous because they were like E something, and right. I was like, oh man, here we go. But at the Civic Center, they have those hockey seats, so that's A B C D. So we were in the first row of the concrete seats oh, on the rail. Oh, nice. And I was so happy to not be in the middle of a stupid crowd. Right. So that's why I like Seat Geek. Yeah. Because you can pick your seat on a map. Yeah, I'll just never be the guy who's trying to get the tickets right off the bat again. There's right. always so many available, and yeah. eventually those people who are terrible or those corporations who are yeah. terrible that buy up all the tickets or whatever it is to make money will be like, oops, I bought too many. Now I got to sell it under under value. There's some economics. Oh, there. I do the same thing with rental cars now because I used to use kayak and all that, thinking I could get better deals. Uh-huh. But the last few times I've gone to Hertz in the airport, I just talk to the people at the counter and get some sort of. They'll they'll have manager specials, and I'll get better cars for half the price of even kayak and Hotwire and all that wow. shit. So, so next time you want to rent a car, just be like, "Hey, I usually rent through Kayak or whatever, but I know sometimes you have deals, and I was wondering if you had any going on right now." And they're almost always you get a nice car for less than you would pay on Kayak. That actually happened to me when we were in Montana. Our van blew a radiator, and yeah. we had to get to a couple different places, so uh, we had to rent a car. And all these cars have mileage limits, so yeah. you can't go more than X miles a day over the course of your trip or whatever it's like 75 miles a day i needed to go like 1400 miles twice i had to go like there and back so i was like i need a car price price line quoted me 900 dollars or whatever for the car for no mileage limit all this stuff crazy whatever so it was still really expensive for a whole week though i mean it wasn't just for a day it was for like a whole week but anyway i went to the place and i said hey i need a car i need to have no mileage limits and i need it to be cheap uh, and she was like, <laughs> she was like, yeah, I'll do it for, I can do one for, uh, $389. I was like, yep, I'll take it. Yeah. That sounds like a lot, but over for seven days rental or whatever it was, you know what I mean? It wasn't too bad. You've just yeah. created more right. problems. My cat's freaking out. We got to get out of here. All right.